Welcome to In Progress, a podcast to help you grow and learn how to become a better version of yourself. Now, here's your host, Michael Cerigliano. Welcome, everybody, to In Progress. I'm your host, Michael Cerigliano, with special guest, Danny Boynton. How are you doing today? How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, actually. Very, very good. I'm on a little staycation myself right now. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I just left my job, got a new one. Um, got a lot of new changes coming in life. Um, pretty excited about all of them. Feeling yeah. good. Yep. What's going on? So got another little baby on the way. Uh, makes number three. Uh, so Look three. At you go. Yeah, three boys. So that's all I can create. Apparently. <laughs> um, so yeah, just doing the dad thing. Uh, kind of buckling down on life. Thirty-six years old now. Realizing like, hey, got to start. You know, manning up, doing yeah. the thing for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just my mouth to feed anymore. I got three little ones now, myself and a girl. So. A lot of mouths. That does a lot of mouths. And three yeah. boys. Yes, That's exactly. Be a whole lot. A whole lot. You got yeah. a soccer team coming. Though. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much right now too. The way she's eating pregnant, it's our the boys are already here. You got Halan <laughs> coming out. Basically. It, it, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> yep. Her bump is pretty big. So yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. English, Mexican, Colombian. He better have a contract soon. So I swear to God, he got to. He's got <laughs> to. Um, I know you. <clears throat> you started a new job, or you're starting a new job. Yes. Um. How was that transition going from like what what made you leave your job to go to the other job? Was it something to do with uh, like providing for the kids or what what was that? So it was a mixture of a lot of things. Um, one age, it's pretty much I'm going through a midlife crisis right now, if you want to call it that. Okay. You know, yeah, you kind of have to sit and look in the mirror and be like, all right, what's what's going on here? Because one day you just wake up and you're just not happy and you can't put your finger on as to why. Yeah. It's nothing that just like spurred it. You're just not happy anymore with what you do. Really? Yeah. And uh, I did sales and wireless, as you know, mm-hmm. obviously worked with you for yep. years. Um, Long time. Yes. So uh, I was comfortable and I mean, we were good at what we did, mm-hmm. but as 36 years old, you start seeing the ceiling in the jobs and you start seeing industries change. Mm. And our industry, as you've seen over the years, has changed dramatically as it is. And at 36, I look above me and see guys that are my age at that point that Mm -hmm. are already above me. And where are they going to go? They're Mm -hmm. lifers too at that point. They're going to be at the same spot I'm going to be at and I'm going to be shooting for that guy's job. And and I just didn't want to be in that game anymore. So. It was a mixture of that. It was also a mixture of finances, too, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Another little kid on the way and a girlfriend and stuff and have mm-hmm. to start providing, you know, no more living at mommy and daddy's house, no yeah. more. Got to cut the umbilical cord. And 36. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get to that point. I wanted to do it earlier, but, I mean, as we'll talk about later in the podcast, uh, being a single dad, it can, it can be hard. It can be very, very hard on you financially, emotionally. Absolutely. Mental health is probably the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to stay on top of all of that while providing for yourself and for a family that you potentially don't even get to see as much as you'd like to. Yeah. You know, it's one Absolutely. thing coming home from work every day and getting to see your kids, and another having to come home from work every day and give up a majority of your paycheck and you don't even get to see that smile greeting you at the door yeah, exactly. every single day. And the that's most nothing you against you, like the mother. Time. Yeah, exactly. It's just. It, it's, it can suck, so you start to realize things and you're like, all right, I gotta do something here and make some moves. Uh, so one day I just woke up and talked to the bosses at the job and pretty much told them I wanted my raise for performance and stuff, and they, they denied me that, and that's where in my head I was like, this is it, I'm done, I gotta make some moves here, and I talked to a buddy of mine who had a really good opportunity waiting for me. I mean, it's not the, 
it's not like a career uh, as a kid you look forward to and be like, oh, yeah. that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? It's it's factory work, but yeah. you know, it's it's a union. It's a really good union. Mm -hmm. Gives you a pension, benefits, and it literally doubles my salary before any kind of overtime. So that's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's exciting to go through that. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I mean, that's that's honestly a great move for you though, because like like you said, you have. Three, two miles, three on the way. Yes. Um, a girlfriend, you. Yep. Um, we were talking about you know grocery trips earlier before the podcast, and yeah. then it can get up there. And obviously, <laughs> yes, when when your baby's out, that's you know formula, diapers, all that shit. That's going to be way more expensive. Yes, especially now. Absolutely. Especially now. And you're, pre you're I'm assuming you're like prepping for the baby to come. You're oh, absolutely. All the shit we're in the process already. of building our nursery and stuff like that. We got baby shower coming up very soon. Damn. So yeah, hoping to get a lot of. A lot of that stuff given to us, exactly. hopefully, so we don't have to. That's break the point the bank. of the baby shower. I yeah. Feel like. it, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You gotta hope for everyone. Yeah, and just like everyone give rubs shit to the you. belly like a lamp and a genie, <laughs> and you get free presents. You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, so when you said you woke up one day and you just realized you weren't happy with where you were at, correct? Yeah. What is that? What is that like? Because I mean, I've, I feel like I've had that happen to me a few times, but like for you to make the jump and that decision to uproot yourself from something that you were comfortable in that was a guaranteed paycheck that you knew how to do you've been doing for a long time so you're basically a veteran in the industry yeah. and for you to wake up and just be like no this isn't it anymore like what was that like what what actually went through your head where you were just like i gotta jump it was scary for one um we were kind of talking about it earlier um very very scary when you first think about it because like I, you said 15 years in this industry mm -hmm. doing the same thing for 15 years over and over and over again yeah. yeah i changed companies here and there but it was essentially just changing the name on your t-shirt yeah you know what i mean it's, all the, same it's all the same exact work it's just literally changing who you're selling for mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong sales is great when you're you're young you have no kids you're you single you know you can go to work you got that spunky mentality that drive but yeah, it's scary. It's real scary because that comfort level you get from it is you know what to expect every single day. Yeah. Even though it's sales and you don't know what to expect every single day going in, you kind of do. You know, after you have an a, idea of what the day is going to be. After a like. while, you're like, if it's busy, it's going to be like this. If it's not busy, it's going to be like this. And if it's a normal day, it's going to be like this. Yeah, exactly. So you knew what you had to do when you went in. Mm -hmm. A complete change in path was, it was really scary. I mean, I called into work a couple times before I even left the company. Really? And yeah, and that was me more or less just having that panic attack, that scary like uh, mental health. Phase. What are you gonna do here? Yes, yeah. exactly. And I'm not gonna lie too, like like you said, you had those thoughts. I had them too before I was a father. Yeah. And but they would come and go, you yeah. know, because you have that leeway when you are single and you don't have all that to provide for or exactly. have to. Like there's no choice in this matter. Like mm -hmm. it's not like if you don't want to go out with your friends that night and buy dinner for everybody, you just don't go. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like I have no choice. My kids <clears throat> need to eat that night somehow. Mm -hmm. So like either I'm not eating or I'm sacrificing something like going out and everything. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to a point where you just have to think in your head like my father told me something I'll never forget. And he said, never get comfortable. And I asked him why. He says, because huge. when you get comfortable, you lose the things you're comfortable with. And wow. yes, and it never really clicked as a kid. You kind of get it, you think you understand it. Yeah. But then when you start doing those actions and you get comfortable, whether it's in sports or your job or everyday, every day to day things, yeah. you just get comfortable not doing it. You lose that thing because you got so comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're a good soccer player, you're a good mm -hmm. basketball player. You're really great because you work so hard at it and you weren't comfortable. You were always trying to strive for that next thing. Yeah. When you got comfortable, the people behind you kept striving to get better. Now you're left behind. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Exactly. You worked to get up to that point, and then when you put it in, like, you started coasting, 
that's when everyone surpasses you. Exactly. And all my friends at my age, I see them all with houses they're buying now, families, marriage, the proper way to do things. Yeah. And then I'm looking at myself like, wow, I got three kids with three different mothers and I'm not married yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm working at a cell phone company right now, mm -hmm. making 30,000, 40 if you're really, 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 really good. Yeah, exactly, which is and not enough to support a family. No, if you, yeah, if you're a single guy, yeah, absolutely, 40K, you can got, you get yourself an apartment, a nice, decent car, and you still got money to do whatever the heck you want. Absolutely. It was fun when I was a kid. and But then it hits that point where you just, you start getting really scared about not being able to provide for that family anymore. And you, like I said, you see all your friends around you with all of that stuff. And mm. I, that's when it hit me was I got left behind. I got left oh. behind. And I have a lot of friends who always told me in my group and stuff, like when we were probably like 21, 19, 21 in that range, mm. um, they'd always be like, oh, you're the smartest one in the group. You know, you're going to be the one that makes the most money. Which to be fair, you are. Every single one of those kids makes more money than me right now. Really? Every single one of them. Wow. And not to knock them, they all work very hard to get where they're Absolutely, at and yeah. different routes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like... That's where you sit back. And I went through like a couple of like uh, heartbreaks and stuff with like one of the kids' mothers. And mm -hmm. then there was a toxic relationship afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then finally finding the girl who I'm with now and having this child with the proper way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took me a couple tries, but <laughs> Try you, you, you get there. You get there. Um, so it's just you get to this point there and you, you realize like all your friends are doing this and all this and you're going to get left behind even further unless you act. Yeah, exactly. And when you realize that it's a different emotion that hits you. And like I said, it's scary, but it's also like that taking that first step off the cliff, mm -hmm. knowing you have wings to fly if you really truly wanted to use them. Yeah. And you're just afraid to jump off that cliff. All exactly. your friends took the jump and they flew and they flew. And here they are telling you, you were going to be the one that jumped off the cliff first and fly. Mm -hmm. And you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. You stayed comfortable with what you were doing and kept making stupid mistakes with relationships, mm -hmm. trying out things with sports and stuff like that that got nowhere while they all took that route and had that thought earlier, yeah. which is what I should have done. So that's really what hits you when you make that kind of a jump. And it, like I said, it can be scary, but it also can be exhilarating all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And that first day when I finally texted in and said, this is it, I'm done, I'm not coming in anymore. Mm -hmm. And it, for the first 10, 20 minutes afterwards, I was pacing. I was looking on my phone. Mm -hmm. I was still going on the group me chat, seeing if they logged me off yet, just mm -hmm. like, and wondering, did I make the biggest mistake of my life? Because I didn't get the start date, my new job yet. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that was, it's kind That's of a, a dumb move on Mars. It's a big jump. And, but that was just me putting my foot down and being like, you know what? Even if this job doesn't come back, is me getting into it. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to make this move because I have to. Yeah. If I don't do this now, when? You keep saying you're going to do this. You've been saying you're going to do this since the age you hit 30. It's been six years. Mm -hmm. Six long years of saying you were going to stop doing this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And every year was a different excuse. Oh, you got to take care of the kids. Oh, you don't have enough money to move out because of child support. Well, mm -hmm. you don't have money to move out because of child support because you got comfortable, Dan. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's a hard realization to think that. And we'll get into that further in the podcast of being a single dad and learning how to manage all that stuff. And mm -hmm. coming from a point where I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. No clue what I was doing. No financing. No mm -hmm. backing. If it wasn't for like the people around me, I would have been a lost puppy. 
Just really? wandering, yeah, just wandering around with a baby, having no idea what to do. Wow. I mean, the the parental instincts they kick in, and you know what to do. But yeah. if you don't have the finances to do said thing, mm. it's an awful feeling that can come over you, especially when you have to rely on other people too, fully yeah, knowing that's I have awesome. to rely on this person in order to feed this child that is my responsibility. Yeah. And it's just an awful place to be. And then learning how to overcome that and get to a point where now, as I'm seeing, it's like, wow, now I finally have this where it's really not as tough. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And it may not seem that way for a very long time. Yeah. And I'm sure you know I have plenty of friends who are single dads and they oh, yeah, lose yeah. their minds some Absolutely. of them. Absolutely. And they go into this deep, dark place and they never get out of it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully today I can kind of like help some of these guys and yeah. teach them like, hey, Absolutely. there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but you've got to stay the course. Yeah. And if you don't stay the course, it can get really rough. There's a, you can pull back from it, but... Mm -hmm. It gets really, really rough to pull your back. Yeah, pull back you gotta, you gotta stay with the uncomfortable course, and make those uncomfortable moves. Like you, moving from a job. And correct me if I'm wrong. Was the reason why you didn't leave the job sooner than you did? Is it because you had the child support and you knew you were making the money to pay the child support, and you knew that if you switched jobs, you may not be able to support the child? Or was it more just you knew what you were doing and you were like, ah, this is good enough? Is a little bit of that, and but the biggest factor of that would be, uh, hmm, more or less. I don't know how to put this correctly. There, um, you start to feel like you can't. You just it's that's yes yeah, the providing factor. It's just the providing factor. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a, like a maternal instinct kicks yeah. in inside of you. Like mm -hmm. you have to like almost defend this child and mm -hmm. feed this child. And if you can't, you you have to be able to move on. And if you can't do that, it, it just it sucks. But like yeah, I left because, or the reason I didn't leave, I would say, is because scheduling for one, mm -hmm. they gave like wireless is pretty available as long as you can yeah. do weekends and stuff. I had a little bit weird one where every other weekend I would see my kids. Yeah. So some of the wireless companies could cater to that, some couldn't. So that's mm. where I would go and kind of go to that. So that was part of it, I would say, scheduling and also um, comfort. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just knowing comfort. what you're doing. Absolutely. There's no like scary unknown. Exactly. You know exactly what's going and on. And at the bare minimum, I was still able to pay those things. Yeah, mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do anything and stuff, but I'm not a guy and a guy who goes out every night drinking. I'm yeah. not that kind of guy who needs to get like, go out $100 a day and spend money. I'm fine with just literally going to a park and taking pictures and then going home. And, yeah. You know, playing some PlayStation, watching Simple some sports. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you get to be a dad, you'll realize this really soon, guys, that that's all you get to do eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. But, so, with the... Because I know, like, there's been, I've heard stories of mothers, fathers, all of this, where in order to provide for their children, they, they, they sacrifice a lot, right? So, like, my, my dad, for example, his, his mother was a single mother. Mm -hmm. um, and she would work a job during the day and a job at night to provide for the kids. But she never left those two mediocre jobs to get one bigger job. Now, I, and I don't know, you know, it was in Italy, I don't know what the availability is, but I know, like, yeah. even people here, like, in, in, in New York, where I, I, like, meet people, and it's like, yeah, I work here in the hospital as, an, as a nurse or whatever, or, or I work as a phlebotomist, yeah. and I don't make that, that much money, and then at night, I gotta go work at a bar, at night, I gotta go work as a janitor, or I gotta go clean houses, and it's like, they, the mentality that I, kind of get from that yeah. is that instead of leaving and making the jump to a, a job that may pay better and take less of my time, I'd rather keep two mediocre jobs where I'm making that same amount of money, but I know that I'm going to be making the money for the children. 
Absolutely. So is it more like that security sense? factor? Yeah. So yeah. you it's know the security. kids are taken care of. Exactly. Like I know if worse comes to worse, and if like it hits the fan, mm-hmm. like you got this fallback. Yeah. That you can always go to mm-hmm. and have there, and know that I'm going to be making this even if things get bad. Yeah. When you make that jump, like I did, a little pre-adamantly, we'll say. Yeah. There. Um, like yeah, to get the job. <laughs> yeah, to get the job. Thank God. But um, yes. But yeah, your emotions kick in, and you just be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. And then that kicks in where you're like, oh no, oh no, yeah. oh no. Did I just make that mistake? Where some people like your mom and other people like that are like, I don't even want to tempt that fate. Mm-hmm. Because if I do, these babies have nothing. Yeah, exactly. And I luckily enough knew that like I had a support system around me where a girlfriend was telling me, time to move. Um, mm-hmm. You got to. Which and is huge. It's That's huge. a huge thing because not a lot of women are going to be in your corner saying make the jump. They're exactly. more so like, hey, make sure that we're good, and that's it. Exactly. No, she was. It's all about like building up and everything like that. And then there's my mother too, who was telling me like, listen, like she's excited about the new baby coming and everything, getting mm. to be a part of all this, like finally too. And but she's like, you got to get a new job. It's the first thing she said to me after I really? told her she's going to be a grandmother again. Yep. She was excited, and then she was like, "You got to get a new job. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just you're not gonna be able to afford it now." Yeah, and I that's it hits. Which you. to be fair, that's absolutely correct. Oh, absolutely. With the yeah. money you make in a wireless industry, you can't support three mouths. No, like, yeah, you can. I mean, you can, but like you are going to be living in somewhere you do not want to be raising children. Yeah, and you're gonna be like on a whole bunch of assistance programs just to be able to get them the food that they need. Yeah, just to get by. Just to get by the bare mm-hmm. minimum, which is not enough for these kids these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy how much they eat and how much prices have gone up and mm-hmm. like I remember my first son when we would get diapers and wipes they were 10 15 dollars cheaper than they are now really it's, it's absolutely insane Damn. I mean a lot of the cut of that could have been COVID shipping stuff and delays yeah, and everything like that but we'll see how that pans out and levels itself out again with the hopefully new one hopefully otherwise I'm gonna be <laughs> find me on a couple of street corners <laughs> at night. <laughs> so you uh you have two kids right now two How's uh how is it having having a kid mm-hmm. and not being with the mother? How does that cuz I know like in the court system. Yeah. The court system will typically always favor the the mother over the father. Absolutely. They'll tell you differently but it, absolutely, yes. So, when you were going through these court hearings, when yeah. you were trying to battle for custody, mm-hmm. what is what, what is that like? Like what what is what is that like going through that and trying to God. like get as much visitation as possible cuz you know you can't get primary custody unless the mother's really jacked up. You get angry. And that's the first thing every single dad listening to this is going to agree with mm-hmm. is doesn't matter how nice of a guy you are, you get angry because if you're truly out for the children and that's not every guy. Mm-hmm. There are a lot, a lot of, guys of guys out there needs. who are literally just using the child to get back at the mother because they didn't like the breakup happening. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I got to admit too like uh, during like some of the breakups and stuff like that, for like the first week or two, yeah, you're like you're bent out of shape about it and you try to get the girl back and everything and it's mm-hmm. but it's for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So for all the wrong reasons, but it's anger. Because you, if you truly want to be there for the kid, you're angry at the fact that you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like you, you actually have to go down to a court system and file and sign a piece of paper that says you could be the father of this child. Mm-hmm. So that when the baby is born, it's called an acknowledgement of paternity form you sign. And um, there's, it's not a saying you are the father. It's just saying that you think you're the father. Okay. So it's always good to sign that form guys if you're listening out there what's the importance of the form so the forms importance is and I learned this during my first child when I went to court with him is that um, say you and the child's mother are not talking at all and Mm -hmm. she doesn't want the baby but you did and Mm -hmm. she did at one point but then you broke up and she doesn't want the baby anymore Mm -hmm. she puts it up for adoption 
If oh. you don't sign that form, that child could be put into an adoption agency and good luck getting that kid back. It is a fight that is 10,000 times Crazy. worse than going through the court system to even like custody of your, or visitation of your child. Damn. So what this form does is is that it doesn't the, the mother doesn't even get notified of the form mm -hmm. until actually you go for custody. Yeah. But if the mother tries to put the child up for adoption, what that form says is, is that father gets first dibs basically mm -hmm. on having custody of that child. Yeah. So if you had a child with somebody and you signed that form and she tried to put the child up for adoption, you would then have full legal custody of that child. Mm -hmm. She would then have to try to take you back to court to get visitation or custody back from you. Okay. So it protects you as a dad, basically. So or in that scenario, would you be going through the adoption process, or would it literally be like she put him up for adoption, so it's just his now? It's just his now. Like the adoption agency would get notified, so when someone tries to adopt a child, they would hit this form sent to them and be like, oh, or they'd find it in the computer system, however they look it up, I'm not sure. But they would find that and be like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't, this child can't be put up for adoption. Because mm -hmm. the, the father, father took custody. Correct. Not even, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. And then at that point, it goes into the court system. Wow. Yes. Okay. So that definitely need to have that form signed. Absolutely. And you hear it and it's acknowledgement of paternity. And some guys going into this may not know, like I didn't the first time. You don't know if that child is yours. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sign paternity saying that you're the father and sign a birth certificate for a child um, that's not yours unless you really want to do that. And mm -hmm. if, by all means, if you want to do that, good, good on you. But like if you didn't want to support a child that wasn't yours, you hear that you see that form's name and you get scared thinking like i'm admitting that i'm the father of this child and i have to pay child support to this baby when it's born but i don't know if it's mine yet mm -hmm. so but there's a boxes on there that say like i acknowledge that i may be the father of the child okay and that way when you go to custody hearing you can have that to protect you and then if they try to put the child up for adoption they can do a dna test if it's yours then it goes into courts for you getting custody okay. if it's not yours you're free and clear and she can adopt send the child mm -hmm. off for adoption now i've heard i've heard stories and this is you know not pertaining to you obviously but mm -hmm. i've heard stories where people go into it blindly sign the birth certificate and does signing the birth certificate of a child that's not yours basically lock you into supporting that child that is a great question legally i am not sure i believe it does until proven otherwise because i know I've, you have I've to heard... go through court though to give child support put on you it's two different court systems you go through okay. there's child support agency court and then there's a court system for visitation and custody okay so if you have child support if you sign the birth certificate and the court assigns you a court ordered child support order mm. then yes you have to pay child support okay if you sign the birth certificate and then you're deemed not the father then no i do not believe you have to pay child support. because i've heard stories of people where they find out they're not the father when the child turns 18 and they're just like, you still got to keep fuck? paying. That's, that's called in the child's best interest and it's messed up in some cases. So what does that, what does that entail? So what that entails is that like you've been, say the child was mine. I've been paying for 15 years of child support, but then mm. I find out the child isn't mine. Mm. I've been paying for so long and been accustomed to that child and that child thinks of me as father that it's in the child's best interest for that to continue. Wow. Yes. Damn. Yes. That's rough. Yes. Now, like if you put yourself, you got to put yourself in someone like that's shoes though. Put yourself in the guy's shoes in that situation. Mm -hmm. you've, you've known this child for 15 years. You basically are yours. the father. It's tough to say no to that, even mm -hmm. when you know it's not. Most guys will be in that situation and be like, you know what? If the dad's still not in the picture, then they adopt the child. Yeah, exactly. And then they go from there. Um, and it'd be pretty cold to look at a kid you raised for 15 years and be like, not mine. Adios, <laughs> and then just scram out of there, or even stay with the mother, but just be like, "Yeah, I'm not. You're not my kid now." That's just awkward and weird, you yeah, know. So that's, that's a tough up. situation, yeah. But yeah, that is true. It can happen. So with you 
not being with the mothers how how does that affect you as a father because you obviously don't you don't have primary custody of any children no, um, I, uh, yeah, no. so how does it affect you as a father like not being able to just see them all the time whenever you want hurts hurts because i know you're very you're a very um what's it called um involved you're yeah. a very involved dad mm-hmm. you make sure that the kids are you know soccer taking care of health wise eating playing like when you have the kids that's your world yes and seeing as you only see the kids one weekend or every other every other weekend, weekend the um every tuesday i get one of my sons so yeah. like what kind of toll does it have on you as a father so it's it hurts because say you have a bad day at work, there's nothing better than coming home. Like when I do have my kids, mm-hmm. I worked that day, I came home and I walked through the door after a long day, customers screaming in your face. You open the door and there comes your son running at you and just gives you a big hug. Yeah. There is literally no better feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes you wanna have that, you come home and they're just not there. So you text the kid's mother, mm-hmm. can I talk to them? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they answer, sometimes they don't. And you got to respect their privacy. They're right. doing something. They could be working. You right. can't just expect them to be at your beck and call. Yeah, and a lot of guys make everything. that mistake. Yeah. And you, so you have to wait. And sometimes when you really need it most, they're not there. And so it, it really hurts. And being an involved dad, it's you want to do things with them too. You see stuff on like Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. like Jurassic Quest is coming to town on this weekend. Your kid loves dinosaurs and stuff. And you're like, oh, that's perfect. And it's not your weekend. Or it's a day he has school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my kids lives very far away. lives three hours away. Yeah. Me and his mother meet halfway, an hour and a half drive each way. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's not like I can just call her and be like, hey, I'm coming to pick him up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the little one I can, but he's a year old. There's not much we can do with him right now. Right. Um, but, yeah, the oldest one, it's tough to do those things. So you have to plan very far in advance, too. So it's, it's just it sucks. Um, but you also understand it, too, because the mother has that right, you know. Yeah, These exactly. guys didn't work out. So they have that right to move on with their life and do things and stuff. And you agreed going into the court system or what I did is I wasn't primary care chick. I have 50-50 joint custody, mm-hmm. which means I have a say in everything that goes on. But sh- the child is with the mother the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so you respect that from them. But it's also you kind of want it to be them at your beck and call. The mother, yeah, of course. Just so you can just have that link to your children. When they get older and they get their own cell phone, I'm sure it gets a lot easier. Some single parents yeah, know that are sure. have children older than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be probably become a lot easier when he gets a little older there. But when they're young, it's really hard because you want them to bond with you too, especially yeah. as a dad. You don't, and especially if the mother left you and moved on to somebody else mm-hmm. very quickly, yeah. you get that aching feeling inside of you that this man's going to replace me. Mm-hmm. And I went through it and it's scary and you get angry and you want to lash out at the other person. And I'm here to tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's yeah. just not because that child is yours. Mm-hmm. The child knows it is going to be yours. And mm-hmm. unless you are a complete fuck up, that court is going to give you custody of your children. You yeah. will be able to see your children. Yeah. No court is going to take you from your child. Mm-hmm. They, they will favor the mother, but you have to be a complete imbecile walking in there for a court to be like, no, you don't get to see your kids. There's guys in jail who get visitation. Really? Yes. Like wow. they get scheduled visitation where the child can come in and meet them at the prisons and stuff and things like that. Oh, yep. Wow. Yep. So you really got to fuck up. So you got to be children. you got to be an idiot and uh-huh. you got to show that you're not about the child. That's when the judge is going to step in. So I know some guys out there be like, well, I went to court and the judge didn't do this. Well, it's probably because you went to court and you're pointing fingers. Yeah. And the judges can see right through that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So you can't do that. So, yeah, it's it sucks not being there all the time around your kids. 
knowing that my son who lives three hours away and if he has a soccer game, I have to plan for that. Yeah. It's not easy for me just to get out of work and shoot over to the field and catch him as the game starts and watch my kid play. Yeah, and exactly. you know, as a dad and to a son, your son wants to see you there. Absolutely. You know, like you remember playing soccer and everything. You look to the sideline, where's dad and mom? Mm-hmm. Where's mom? Yeah, but where's dad? That's yeah. the one I'm trying to impress exactly. right now. Exactly, yeah. And so it's tough on me, and I can only imagine how tough it is on my son as he's grown up throughout the years knowing, like, trying to figure out, like, why is mommy and daddy not together? Mm-hmm. Why is it such a far drive to go see daddy? Like, mm-hmm. daddy doesn't just live around the corner. He lives three hours away. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's got to be tough. So... It's when you get angry and emotional about it, you start to think about the kids more, though, as a parent. Yeah. And that's always the first thing. It's that like, should be always the first thing. Yeah. And it, it's it's like a light switch. Mm-hmm. As soon as they hand you your child, like I was a I was a frat boy before Joey. I was a frat boy. Really? Yes. And uh, as soon as Joseph, I went over and met him for the very first time, my whole attitude on life immediately changed. Nothing else really? mattered in life anymore. And they, everyone tells you that, and you're like, yeah, 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 I understand. It's your kids, your flesh and blood. No, you don't. You don't get it. Like, it's immediately, it was like, all right, the partying went from, like, if it was at 100%, it immediately my thought process went to 75. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking more about it on the drive home after holding him. Went to 50. Then mm-hmm. it was 25. It's at, like, 3% now. Yeah. Yeah. Partying now is, party. like, bachelor parties, and it lasts 20 minutes before I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> so uh, it, it sucks, but... I mean, it can it can also be a nice break too, yeah. And that's a side of it not a lot of people talk about. And like, oh, he's just a weekend warrior dad and stuff mm. like that. But then you hear about single moms who have to do the whole thing all the time, who are begging people to have them watch their children for them so they can just go out with the girls that night. Yeah, exactly. As they should be able to do. Right. But they don't have that opportunity to be able to find somebody to watch them because dad's not in the picture. Yada mm-hmm. yada. All these reasons. But like, I don't know. It's it, it's tough. It gets real tough. Was your relationship with um, with Joey's mom mm-hmm. when you guys initially? Because when you guys initially like split for good, mm-hmm. were you was Joey because she was pregnant? Was Joey a thought or was trying to get back with her a thought? Was it because you were trying to get back with her, correct? Uh, actually, Joey, we split officially the first time before Joey was even around and before we knew Joseph was coming around. Okay. Um, we we were literally a one night stand. You know, mm. it was one of those both went drinking at the bar that night kind of things. Mm-hmm. She was just out of college. I was the young wireless salesman, yep. full of charisma and testosterone. <laughs> and uh, that's how that happened. And we we were like oil and water. And um, she's a good woman, good girl. Just we our personalities didn't click at the time. Right. And so we didn't last more than a week and a half, week at most. Okay. Yeah, it was there and gone. So you guys knew it wasn't going to work out wasn't right, off work right off the rip. And then while I was working at Sprint, um, before you started working there, it was actually it was right around when you started working there. I wasn't think it, it was it? like a month, month or two before. I right, got right before. I was working at that store you eventually worked at and she came walking in and said, uh, we need to talk. And I thought it was just closure for the relationship and how yeah. toxic it was between us. And um, She sat me down on the bench and she asked me about the night we met and that's when it hit me. I knew I was going to be a father right there. And it just. What, what kind of told it? Like, what, what went through your head when that happened? Because that's like the first one, especially. <laughs> I feel like that's like a car hitting you. I'm a pretty pale guy, skin complexion wise. <laughs> but I turned about as pale as your coat. Wow. Yeah. Blood rushed right to my toes. I thought I was going to pass out cold. I didn't know what to do. 
Um, were you prepared for a child at that point, or were you oh at a point God, in your no, life when I it was like, no, no. I, w I was I was making decent money and living paycheck to paycheck because I was just spending it all. Just, you know, video games, Doritos, and marijuana, and going out to bars and spending it on women I was never going to, you know. See again. See, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, so. What went through your head when she told you that, though? <laughs> I'm trying to think exactly what went through my head. Because, like, I've thought about that a few times for myself. Like, what if someone did come up to me and was like, hey, so I am pregnant, and I just, like, I don't even know if I can actually handle that information being told to me at my point in life. Because you don't, I mean, you're not, like, you get to a certain age, uh -huh. and you're like, kids make sense now. Yeah. Or if but you're with like, somebody and you're planning it. Yeah. Way different. But, like, if it's just like, like, yeah, if in your you head go. you're like, kid doesn't make sense. I'm not even thinking about a kid right now. And then you just get it like put on you. That's like you're almost like thinking in a way you've you've thought the opposite for so long that you have to like try and comprehend and wrap your head around this <laughs> in a positive manner. Because like I'm assuming you can't just not assuming. I mean you can't just blow up and be like no fuck this no kid that like I mean people do I'm sure. Oh yeah, but absolutely. Like, you see TV shows all the time on it. Yeah. So it's oh god, you you start thinking like first thing is you swear. It's like oh fuck. Oh fuck! Uh -huh. Like God damn it! Dad told me about this. I was out there as a dog for how many years, getting mm -hmm. by. You think you're invincible, you know? Yeah, that it twenty-one year so old. Long. I'm invincible. Nothing can happen to me. Mm -hmm. And then it happens to you, and you're like, "Oh God, here we go." Mm -hmm. And you start. Then you the, the panic sets in. Mm -hmm. Like, oh shit, oh shit. And then, like, it's almost like a nesting feeling. Because immediately the, she was like, I want to try and make it work with, as a family. And okay. I was like, yes, absolutely. Like, because th that's just. That's norm. how it should be. Norm, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fully knowing that every time me and this girl are not, when we're together, it is literally like an hour's worth of hanging out and then going to bed, and then that's it. When we hang out any more than that, it's arguing. Yeah. And so you knew you knew in your head, even stupid, when that was proposed to you, stupid. that there's no shot. Yeah, it's like in your head, your head's going, absolutely not, Dan. And your mouth's like, absolutely. Yeah, this is do what it. we're doing. This is what we're doing because this is what my dad did. Because mm -hmm. I grew up in a family, like, you know, our yeah. parents, they were together the whole time and everything. Like, it, it's, so that's like, it's like, you, we have to do it this way. And then you start seeing, like, we started hanging out a little bit afterwards and, like, talking about moving in together and this and that and then the thoughts start creeping in of like i don't even like this girl yeah like i don't i genuinely don't like yeah. hanging out with her yeah like i don't even enjoy my time with her baby at all. aside i don't this is never gonna be yeah. a thing and then she, obviously she started feeling the same way too and then she cut it off cold turkey mm -hmm. and then that's where like this is where guys screw up mm -hmm. and this is where the conversation is going to get raw is where guys when they screw up they get emotional, and mm -hmm. we're emotional people. Yeah, we like to hide our emotions as men. Yes, Absolutely. but when we break that barrier, it's broken. It is broken, broken, mm -hmm. and you start panicking. And as a guy that came from a family with a father who was there all the time and had that perfect family, and you want to give that, when that starts to get taken away from you, mm -hmm. or even when you know you should be doing it and you're doing it too. Mm -hmm. When it starts to happen, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. And you start panicking and doing mm -hmm. stupid things. Yeah. And, like... Because um, that's almost, like... Because, like, I mean, for me, if I was to try and envision myself in that scenario, 
you plan your life out like so, right? So yeah. you plan, you're going to go to school, you maybe go to college, yep. you're going to work in your 20s, you're going to be successful, whatever. Yeah, be an you're going to have, yeah. yeah, you're going to have the white picket fence, family, yeah. all that. And I feel like getting told that or going through that, it's almost like, wait, so the entire like 30 years old on that I plan for my life can't be. It's not that it like, I won't be able to, it's like it literally is taken from me. I have no choice. That's hard pill to swallow. Yep. Yep. You were here, you wanted to get to here and you're going here and then you just went way off and you got to mm-hmm. try to find a way back here. How yeah. are you going to try and get there? So how did you handle that information being told to you? Or what, like she told you, that this isn't going to work, we got to stop? Pretty much. It was through a text message. Like, just don't talk Damn. to me anymore. Damn. Yeah. She, uh, I, I was a rebound. I don't uh-huh. want to get too, too much into detail. Like, right, right. just for her privacy Absolutely. on her end of it Absolutely. and stuff. Because, you know. But um, when she told you that, like, was that just your world crumbled, essentially? Family crumbled. It was a heartbreak for family loss. Because mm-hmm. you wanted it, that family. I've known you family. for a long time, and you've I always wanted that. Always wanted family. Always wanted kids. Always knew I'd be a good dad. Mm-hmm. But I wanted family to do it the right way. And when, so, like, it was, it looked like heartbreak, mm-hmm. but it was family heartbreak. Mm-hmm. It was, like you said, I just got everything yanked from me, and now I got to go this other path. That I didn't that even plan on didn't going. plan on it, and that I've been told my whole life is the wrong way to do things. Mm-hmm. You're going to get looked at differently. You're that guy now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used to watch that movie Mrs. Doubtfire all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for Christ's sakes, his name is Dan, too. His, uh, <laughs> he, uh, that movie, it hits you. Like, when I watched it, that movie as a kid, it's just funny. Mm-hmm. When you watched it as a single dad who had that taken from you, that you movie changes you. Yeah. You, if you want to know what it's like to be a single father and what a single dad will do to be in his kids' lives if he's truly about his children, it's that movie right there. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Rewatch that movie with that mindset and put yourself in a single dad's shoes of having that ripped from you. And you'll understand exactly why that man did all the things he did in that movie and stuff. So like, wow. And, but it also becomes a territorial thing, too. Like you, you realize at that point, like, this is all being taken from me, and you go into war mode. Mm-hmm. Like you are, you're, this is all being taken from me, but you're not going to take this from me. Mm-hmm. I am going to make sure you don't take this from me. And here's another mistake men make mm-hmm. is that that's not going to be taken from you. Yeah. And that mentality drives you to do stupid things that gets them taken from you. Yeah, exactly. Cause now you're being angry at the, at the mother, mm-hmm. angry at the mother's friends, mm-hmm. angry at the mother's family, mm-hmm. angry at yourself is what you really are. Yeah. And you're just. Uh, what's it called? Uh, projecting. Projecting. Yes. Yep. You're just projecting at that point. And I made a lot of mistakes. And it almost got to the point of a restraining order. And wow. um, I mean, a lot of the stuff in there was bogus anyway. And yeah. it was dropped and everything because of that. But it makes you sit back and realize, like, even though the things that were in there were all wrong, mm-hmm. I still had to sit back and be like, but you did do this and this. Mm-hmm. And while it wasn't malicious or harassing or in yeah, any yeah. way, it's just, it's unneeded. Mm-hmm. And it was that warlike mentality. Yeah. And you're a guy, you want to have control and you no longer It's do. all about control. Mm-hmm. And you, as a, like you said, as a guy, you have control over everything. You're told you're supposed to control everything. And then when you can't control something, you go into an utter state of panic mm-hmm. because you don't have that control anymore, Absolutely. that grasp. And it looks abusive. Mm-hmm. 
because, but really, I was you're grasping at the family that's just trying to get away. Yeah, exactly. You think you're oh, they're gonna she's gonna that. take my kids and she's gonna have another guy come and raise my kid mm-hmm. and they're not gonna know me and they're gonna be daddy and I'm not and mm-hmm. that's not the case. Right. And you're gonna screw yourself really hard if you go in with that mentality. And mm-hmm. I started to until I got myself a really good lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he sat me down. Was like he was a straight shooter. Didn't mm-hmm. tell you what you wanted to hear. It was like I was like I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. He's like you'll get this. You'll get this. We can ask for that, and we should ask for that. And I looked at him. I'm like, well, don't you work for me? And he's like, yeah, but I'm telling you right now, if we go in asking for all that, the judge is gonna laugh in your face and give you only this. Mm-hmm. And then I had to sit back, and he told me a bunch of these stories of mm-hmm. these horror stories and stuff like that. Yeah of guys that don't do this in the court system and don't do that and it really hurts them in the long run. And yeah, it can really, so get yourself a good lawyer and listen to him. <laughs> listen too. don't just have him email you and then you go off and blow her up anyway and piss her off. Sounds like that's a personal story. Yeah, there's a couple. But now you have, you have Joey yes. and you're a good dad with Joey. Yes. And you have um, Oliver mm-hmm. and you're a good dad to Oliver as well. <laughs> Um, how was your relationship? Do you, do you think that in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. that not being together with the mother really has much of an impact as you maybe initially thought? Honestly, I almost want to say it's the opposite. Really? Growing up in a family that was together all the time, mm. and again, this is going to get kind of raw and a little personal, mm. is that like, yes, my, my mother and father were together the entire time until my father passed away. Yeah. My mother and father fought a lot. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people's parents do. Absolutely. Especially like, ones that stay together the entire time. I feel like almost that's a norm. It, absolutely. And it was to the point where maybe my parents might have should have split at one point mm-hmm. because of their differences in personalities. My father was very laid back. Yeah. My mother is very business driven, mm-hmm. very intelligent business. My father was the most kind, gentle man in the world, but very laid back, laissez-faire, live and let live, and mm. just hands off. Yeah. And, um, but maybe they shouldn't, you know, I'm not them. Yeah, Who knows? Exactly. Never, That just might've been how they dealt with things mm-hmm. and they got through it and good to them because maybe that's how a relationship works. But, and also the same sense is, is that I see my son Joseph and he now has a mother, a father, mm-hmm. a soon-to-be stepdad and a soon-to-be stepmom. Mm-hmm. He's got grandmas and an extended grandmas, step grandmas, step grandpas, mm-hmm. step uncles. Step, he, the family is so big. The kid has six Christmases. Six. That's amazing. I had one. <laughs> I had one. And I had to share it with two other siblings. Uh-huh. So you'd get like two, three hundred bucks worth of stuff max. And that's if your parents had a good year. As a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this kid is getting like two grand worth of stuff every year. And you see this and you, and you see the joy in his face and you see him come home and like, and as a guy, you hear, you get, like I said earlier, you get worried about another guy in the picture. Mm-hmm. And as I did too. Mm-hmm. And you should have a little bit of concern, a little bit, mm-hmm. until you meet the guy, but you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. Otherwise, you're just an asshole and mm-hmm. you're proving the mother absolutely right on everything she's been talking shit about you to him about. Really? Okay. Absolutely. You have to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own opinion. Yes, right. that mother is probably talking shit about you and probably vents it to him about you every single day when you piss her off. Yeah. But you have to realize that person has a view too and he's probably never met you yet. And when he meets you, if you go in with an attitude that proves her right, he's going to be like, ah, here I we go. See it. Yep. But if you go in and don't prove her right, he's going to be like, oh, it's a good dad. He's in the picture. Yeah. 
but like you, I see my son come home and when the first time I found out about this stepdad or soon to be stepdad, when they first started dating, I was a little bit off at first until I met him. Mm -hmm. He was a good dude though, shook my hand, um, talked to me, looked me in the eye and everything. Next couple of visits that we met each other was the same. They were dating for a very long time and Joey liked him and didn't talk much about him, but then he would come home and he would slip and say, I was with mom and dad the other day. Oh. And he would catch himself and look at me like I was going to get upset. And at first I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I, you get upset. Deep down yeah. you're like, I'm dad. I'm dad, dude. Like, yeah. no, I'm father. He's just mom's boyfriend. He doesn't get And then you, that's when you storm away calling her, screaming and yelling yeah. like an idiot. But it hit me. And he was smiling when he said it. And he was about to tell me a fun story that he was about to do with them. Mm -hmm. And I let him go. And I was like, buddy, it's okay. I was like, he's your daddy when, he's not, when you're not here. And he just proceeded with the story. And then you, you realize like, wow, okay, if the, if the person is a good person and is taking care of that child, then there's no reason for you to act like that, yeah. like at all. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I feel like that's the most important thing too, is making sure that the other parent or co-parent or whatever you want to call it has another, has, has enough common sense to be with somebody who is willing to actually take on the responsibility and not just dating to date. Like I know a lot of single moms who will date just ran like guys that really don't have that class, that responsibility, that intelligence level. And that's when, you know, you your thoughts are like, okay, this this guy's gonna fuck my kid up. Yeah, exactly. But if they have the head on their shoulders to where they're like, No, I'm gonna bring a guy in who actually accepts Joey exactly. and takes care of Joey, yep. then it's like another you taking care Which of Joey you when you're not there. Want for your child. Absolutely. You need that like they the number one cause of like, like gang violence and all this stuff and drug addictions, and I wouldn't say number one cause, but a very high cause of that is if the fathers aren't in the life of a lot of these children. Uh -huh. So when you, if you're not in the picture all the time or can't be because of distance or court orders or however you have it, like you should want somebody there, like you said, to mm -hmm. be able to take that role. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like God forbid something happens and stuff like that. Like, would if someone's gonna like raid the house, God forbid, and it's just your kid's mother and your child there, or would you rather have your kid's mother, your child, and a guy who is a, like you said, a good dude, head on his shoulders, and can yeah. defend them, absolutely, and protect them, and teach that's them, and that's what you want there. Yeah. So now, now after you know being in this situation for so long, do you look at it as a positive? Absolutely, a hundred percent positive. And you think, do you think that, I feel like with the, with a kid, not being with them all the time almost makes the times that you're with them a little more special. Yes. And here's where it gets to, here's where you hear all the, the bitching on Facebook from single moms and stuff like that about like baby daddy ain't shit, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. My kid comes back a terrorist animal, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. All he does is play on his iPad, blah, 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 or does this, doesn't clean him, doesn't nothing. Uh -huh. And, or all they do is play and he doesn't discipline the child. You get that, and and they're not wrong, mm -hmm. and it's but it's a hard truth. It's we're playtime. We're every other weekend. Yeah, we're when they're off of school. Mm -hmm. We're not getting them when we, when they're with us. It's like yeah, there's a couple chores here and there you gotta do, mm -hmm. but we're not gonna like when my son comes here. I'm not gonna make him work like a slave and then be like, all right, get in the car, we're going back to mom's. Right. He's not gonna want to come here after a while. Absolutely. And you don't want to do that either when all you've been working like a slave all week and all you want to do is go to the park with your kid and kick the soccer ball around or something like that. Yeah. And that's like, so it's, yeah, you get to that point there where like it, it's, it's beneficial for the child to be split up like that, but it's 
it can also be a hindrance too and it can go both ways yeah absolutely now another thing that i wondered about is dating while being a single dad <laughs> <laughs> here's where it gets interesting folks 